Howdy, howdy. We are back with episode number 35 of the Endurance House podcast. This week we have a fun one from Josh Sanders um, and his Kensington 50K, which is a race based out of uh, Michigan, um, where Josh is from. It is more of a road 50k done on a bike path up there so definitely a opportunity to run a fast race for sure except for the fact that it's in july and i know michigan's a little bit cooler than down here in st louis missouri in july but um, heat and humidity is a factor for sure for any race in the midwest in july um what i love about this is josh is freaking hilarious um we had some Fun exchanges back and forth um, before he sent over his report. And his report does not disappoint. And he even forewarned me <laughs> saying, um, you know, if I, if I do it, it's just going to be funny. And I was like, absolutely, please. I, I want everyone to share their voice in whatever light they they want to and and josh kind of steals the show here um <laughs> hopefully it's not his one and only race report because uh i think we could use some more reports in his style for sure um that being said let's dive into our sponsor this one is really cool because josh is someone that has supported buffalo bluffs so um, when we were messaging back and forth, he actually said, yeah, he ordered some of their products. So thank you so much, Josh, for supporting Buffalo Bluffs Hemp. Um, for those of you just tuning in, maybe first episode, um, they're a company based out of Southern Illinois, good friends, Kurt and Crystal Schilling, who are just taking CBD and doing it the right way. All natural farming, um, great products, great family, ultra runners, badasses who are just looking to produce products to support athletes and everyday people. Um, I just saw recently that they some of their products are um, able to be used for pets as well. So something to think about for all of you dog lovers or cat lovers out there. Um, as always, you can reach them. Um, through Facebook or Instagram or just their website, buffalobluffshemp.com. Kurt's happy to talk you through products and, and find the best needs for whatever you have going on. So um, the Endurance House is our code. Just pop that in on their website. Get you 20% off your first order from them. And, um, you know, super cool to know that Josh supported them. And uh, it's neat to know that other people that are listening to the podcast or supporting them as well. Um, they're doing great things down there. So without further ado, we'll let the comedy ensue and let Josh take it away. Have at it, buddy. Hi, I'm Josh and I like to run. So here's my race report from when I ran the Kensington Marathons 50K in Michigan by Ann Arbor. It was a really hot time. And I don't mean hot like it was a sexy time with sexy runners. Uh, I mean that the sun was trying to kill us. Um, and speaking of things that are trying to kill me, a tornado actually did try to kill me. Uh, and I have this phobia of tornadoes since one almost killed me as a child. Um, growing up, our house had this huge hill right behind it. 
and a tornado came and the twister ended up like jumping over the hill, which spared our house and then landed a couple hundred yards like past our house and then destroyed all the trees and a bunch of buildings and ruined the fairgrounds and all this like crazy stuff. Uh, and I remember being like in our dark basement because the power had gone out and my parents, God bless them, you know, they're trying to sing songs and tell stories and make it fun. And I'm just sitting here terrified with the house shaking, being like, I literally do not care how much corn Jimmy cracked. We're going to die. Um, but yeah, it was okay. We, we didn't die. But I've always been a, a little, uh, you know, healthy fear of tornadoes, uh, you know, as anyone who lived through that at age five or six probably would. So I'm driving to my in-laws house the night before the race so that I can save two hours of driving uh, on race day. And it was a nice sunny day. But as I get to the end, uh, almost to their house, I'm looking at the northern sky. And I mean, it is it is an angry, angry. I mean, they are fighting clouds uh, up there. And I just want to beat the rain in. So I get my stuff. I get it in the house. And as soon as we do, like all of our phones do that crazy emergency alert beep that's louder than an actual tornado siren. Uh, and it's like tornado warning right now. Your county. It's like across the street. Uh, so the in-laws probably respond like normal humans. And they're like, okay, you know, let's maybe take a peek outside or make some calls and kind of check this out and maybe move to the basement. And by that point, like I'm already in the Northwest corner of the basement where I know is the safest corner of a basement. Uh, and they have a, a really old King Charles uh, dog and she's very, very sweet. And she's had a lot of health issues lately. So I like carry the dog downstairs and I'm like sitting in the corner and I'm just like petting her kind of like Robin Williams petting Jason Bourne in Goodwill Hunting. And I'm just like, it's not your fault, girl. It's not your fault. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, and, and I was really kind of saying that to myself more than the dog. But anyhow, that was really interesting state to be in uh, pre-race. And it was already like after the time I wanted to be in bed. And so that, that was a uh, kind of an interesting, interesting night before. Uh, so I ran this race self-supported. I have my tr uh, nutrition very dialed in. I know exactly how I like it. Um, <clears throat> so I usually bring my own stuff, uh, but I, I just don't have any friends uh, who want to get up at 6am and sit in hot, humid weather for four hours and watch me go by every every other half hour so i set up two chairs and i have all my water bottles with like my gels my goos my salt tablets everything it's like perfectly set up perfectly lined up uh you know martha stewart would be so impressed at how like neatly arranged this is um, but i had to set up a chair at the halfway point on the other side of the lake so when i get that all set up and get to the start line you know, it's probably like 6.45. I'm like 15 minutes before the race start, like picking up my bib. Um, you know, I wonder why race directors sometimes don't love me that much. Um, but anyhow, they're doing rolling starts. Uh, and I saw a few 50Kers uh, and they started around 6.45. You know, by the time I kind of got ready, got my bib on, you know, did my static stretching, I'm down there at 6.55. And the RD says like, hey, do you want to wait three minutes until 7? And I'm like, nah, dog, I'm ready now. Let's just roll 657. Let's go. Uh, so at this point, it's already in the mid 70s, 100% humidity. Uh, and I, I'm terrible in the heat. And, and I know for some of my friends in, you know, Arizona and Texas and Florida, they're probably thinking, yeah, that's like a nice chilly morning. Well, it's not here. Okay. That here, that is blisteringly hot. And I am just absolutely 
atrocious in the heat. You know, I mean, everybody is going to be a little sore in the heat. I get that. But like, I disproportionately suffer. Uh, my heart rate immediately starts pumping blood at my threshold rate the second it feels like 75 degree weather. And I'm just like, WTF, little aorta, like calm down. Um, so the whole reason I'm even doing this race in the first place is my pal Corey Woltering and I are about to do an absolutely bonkers 14-day endurance event uh, across the country in about two months. <clears throat> and so I'm talking to him about what workout he would advise to build up some toughness. <clears throat> so he suggests, hey, go out there and do a 30-mile training run. You know, do the first 10 easy, second 10 more at like your base miles pace, uh, and then the last 10 you can kind of push at like a tempo or an M pace. Uh, you know, so you've got 20 miles of wear on your legs and then you can just kind of push, uh, those last 10 and that will give you a lot of confidence. And I mean, to be honest, if he said jumping off a bridge would help my hundred mile time, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably try it out and you know, this can't hurt. So I figured I'd just sign up for a race. Um, so I think the technical term for like my race pace for each 10 was 10 easy, 10 medium and 10 hard. I think that's what the scientists call that pace. Um, so this wasn't a true race for me, but I wanted it to be a really tough workout. And it's a smaller, you know, local Michigan race. So I still wanted to try to win because, I mean, who, who doesn't? Um, and the course, the course is an eight-mile bike path around a lake. Uh, and it's really scenic. It, it's pretty. There's this lake. There's these trees. You know, I kind of felt like a Disney prince trying to find a castle the first half lap half lap. I mean, it was really, really nice, uh, but I did assume it would be flat. I mean, it's a paved bike path around a lake. Uh, you know, I'm thinking like 10 meters of elevation gain a lap, uh, and I, I would be wrong. Uh, somehow they got a ton of hills, uh, you know, three or four kind of really big hills in there. So it ended up being a, a thousand feet of gain, which I, I realize isn't a lot of gain in most ultra 50 Ks really. Um, but I was kind of hoping this would be a flat course where I could just kind of get in a rhythm, get in a zone, keep my heart rate where I wanted it and not actually have to constantly adjust, you know, uphills, downhills and try to keep that heart rate. So it was probably good training for me, but yeah, it just wasn't quite what I was expecting. So I had to lower expectations, uh, on the fly, which is probably a good good training because a lot of my life is just kind of lowering the expectations. Uh, if you have a three and five-year-old kid, you'll, you'll understand that because you, you think things are going to go this way and you just got to be like, nope, nope, they're three and five. You, you got to adjust. You just got to lower, just lower that expectation. Uh, I love my boys. They're, they're amazing, but they're still three and five-year-old boys, which is uh, pandemonium pretty much all the time. So anyhow, I'm, <clears throat> I start, I'm trying to just chill, listen to my music, you know, I've got the Beyonce on, I've got my Jay-Z on, you know, we're really getting in the flow, you know, this first 10 miles, you know, the, the heat and hills are causing the pace to be slow. Uh, and normally I just say, screw it and just kind of run the race, but no, no, I have become a shining beacon of self-control uh, and maturity. So I go with my running heart rate pace, even though my mile times are slipping into the, the 720s and 730s, uh, which is just a lot slower than I was hoping I'd be going, but I kept with it. So go me one point, Josh. Uh, so finally I get to 10 miles and now I can crank my heart rate up to my base pace or my maximum aerobic function heart rate. Uh, if you do not know math, M A F, 
uh, you should research it a bit. Uh, Zach B got me into it a few years ago, and I just can't break away from it because it makes so much sense. Uh, and my body just, just the way it works and responds, it just fits into that, that math heart rate. Um, and so I do a lot of uh, work and my heart rate dictates a lot of things. But now I kind of feel like I'm moving because now I'm actually doing like a cruising base pace. I'm not just at my kind of recover easy pace. <clears throat> uh, and my five-year-old. So with my five-year-old, I went and uh, we bought new running shoes together the other week. Uh, and he told me that if I wear my new shoes for the first half of the race uh, and then change them halfway back into my old shoes, that I would win. And, and I don't understand how he comes up with this, but it literally always pans out. Uh, and, you know, I'll even ask him, like when I'm putting him to bed the night before a race and I have to get up early before he wakes up and I'll say, hey, buddy, uh, do you think daddy's going to win the race tomorrow? And like, he'll usually say yes. And that's great. But I mean, last uh, year, or last October, he kind of looks at me, and just goes, no, you're not going to win. And I was like, I'm by, I have the highest ultra sign up score in this race, kid. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean I'm not going to win this race? And sure enough, I, I didn't win it. Uh, so I don't know if it's like he has some stem cells still in his little body that give him, you know, maybe a connection to the quantum field, but he's just never wrong. So I kind of roll with it and do what he says. Uh, so that meant I actually had to stop at an aid station, which I never do. Like I never, ever, ever stop at an aid station. Uh, I'll have a crew person hand me a new bottle and I'll toss the old bottle at their feet and I don't stop. I just kind of grab it on the go. So I think my longest aid station stop ever was in a 52 mile race and I was leading it by like an hour. So I stopped for eight seconds at an aid station to get some pickles and some pizza. Uh, and I just kind of grabbed it and then ran down the trail eating it while I ran, which apparently is weird from the looks I got, but uh, maybe I was pickles and pizza. Uh, so in fact, even my dad, who does a lot of my cruise with me, uh, he'll kind of take a video and just kind of hold the bottle in one hand, take the video of me coming in, you know, so I'll throw the bottle at his feet, grab the bottle, and then I'll show the video to my kids and be like, Hey, look at daddy, like running this race. Uh, and now my son literally thinks that the throwing of a water bottle is part of the ultra marathon. Uh, so he'll be like, daddy, I'm going to go run 50 miles and he'll run around the house like five times. Uh, and then halfway through he, he'll have his little handheld, this cute little handheld. I got him for five-year-olds and he'll just like whip it at the wall and be like, here you go, grandpa. And he throws the bottle and like keeps running. <clears throat> so, uh, that's what, uh, that's what Tuesday night at my house looks like. So I changed my shoes. Uh, I switch water bottles. Uh, I also took a few seconds and throw an ice bandana on my neck just to try to cool off. And I look at my watch and the stop took 40 seconds. So all I can think about is, great, now I'm going to be a whole second per mile slower when I upload this to Strava. So, geez, let's not, let's not ever stop like that again. Oh, and I'm sure you all want to know about my outfit for the race. Um, I usually just wear shorts and no shirts when it's 60 degrees or hotter. It's always worked for me. <clears throat> And last year, uh, I got this pair of running shoes that I've never actually run in. Uh, they're five-inch inseam Solomon S-Lab shorts. Uh, and I've never worn them in public because when I first put them on, I felt like they were kind of like male lingerie. Like they were so skimpy and they're, they're like freakishly light. Like I felt like I wasn't wearing anything. And, and I, was, I was worried that like they might not be like legal in every state and, and they're really short and my legs are kind of pasty, uh, and I'm self-conscious. 
Uh, but Corey made fun of me earlier for always wearing like nine inch black and dark blue shorts. Uh, and it was pretty hurtful stuff. Uh, and I had to write my feelings out in a diary under my bed. But it did kind of make me consider, you know, maybe I could not wear, you know, nine inch dark colored shorts sometime. Uh, and these shorts, uh, I got them last year when I was sponsored by Solomon. And I've since realized that, that I kind of hate sponsorships. Uh, the free stuff, like, yeah, that's, that's great. But like the actual process of being, you know, uh, uh, the lowest guy on a totem pole for a, a shoe company is, you know, you're just doing like the, the hashtags and the mandatory social media posts. And, you know, I just, I want to do my own thing. And I do like their trail shoes and I, I dig that, but you know, normally I'm running in Adidas Ultra Boost. You know, I, I once set the record for most 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado climbed in a day wearing Adidas Boost. Like the Energy Boosts are an awesome shoe. Like that's what I'm passionate about. You can take them almost anywhere. Um, but I assume that like if I wrote Adidas, you know, like, uh, hi, massive global running brand. <laughs> Gosh. And I really like you to sponsor me. You know, I assume the response would be like a low level intern writing back and being like, yeah, please don't ever wear our stuff ever again. Um, so yeah, maybe if I were like better at running. Um, and I feel like with any sponsor, you really have to have a love of the brand and kind of be a nerd about it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not that guy except for a few random like products. So like, like what am I passionate about because it works? Well, Vaseline. I mean, I'd rep Vaseline in a second. Uh, but Vaseline is so big that it's literally the name of the actual substance now. Like, I, it's petroleum jelly, but nobody says, like, petroleum jelly. It's like Vaseline. You know, I would never go to a race and be like, hey, bro, uh, I need to protect my inner thighs from my balls in this humidity, so can you pass me some petroleum jelly? No. No, you're like, bro, toss me the Vaseline. Uh, but they're, they're clearly way too big to even need sponsors. Like, they're Vaseline. Like, they don't they don't need to give me $20 of free Vaseline to advertise for them. So, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of out of luck with that. Um, but when I did the whole sponsor thing, I got these sweet S-Lab shorts, you know, and I wear them whenever I'm alone in my house and no one else is there because they're the comfiest things in the world. Uh, but last week, I'm completely out of running shorts because I'm a little bit lazy sometimes and constantly tired from raising two sweet but literally crazy little three and five-year-old boys. So laundry was one of, I don't know, 37 things that I didn't actually get to last week. So all I have are these shorts. All right. And it was a track workout. So I'm like, okay, like I'll be at the track at like 6 a.m. Nobody else is even going to be out there. And then I'm not risking like anybody actually seeing me in these tiny shorts. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. Like I, I felt alive. Like I felt naked, but alive, like out there in these shorts. So I decided to just risk everything and wear them for the race. And unfortunately, I only found out through photos afterwards. But when my ice bandana melted down my back, like the the back of the shorts like caught the wetness. And then like that caught the wind and it kind of turned my butt into like a parachute. Uh, like when I saw my own butt in pictures, I was like, what the frick is that? And I was like, oh, that, that's my butt. It looks huge. So... I mean, this was just kind of a hard day on a lot of levels for me. Um, so anyhow, the, the marathon and the 50K, they're run at the same time and they finish at the same place. The 50Kers just immediately turn around and do a roughly five mile out and back. Um, and at the four mile mark, the eventual marathon winner passed me. 
and he started right at 7 a.m. So I, I probably, he already was two and a half minutes, you know, ahead of me by the time he even got to me. And then he's running faster than me. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But I'm running slow, right? I'm doing my easy, like, I get to go 10 beats a minute faster, which is usually about 30 seconds a mile pace for me. You know, once I get to 10 miles and I get to do that again at 20 miles, like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to come after you, bro. I'm coming. Um, and I, and I figured like maybe like somewhere in the mile twenties, like if he slowed down, I'd catch him. Uh, and I caught him at mile 12 and he did not look super good. Like he looked like he was really struggling with the, the heat and the immunity. Uh, and he did go on to win. And he had also won in 2019, and this day was 20 minutes slower uh, than his previous time. So that heat and humidity, I mean, once that got, I mean, it got into the 80s by the end. It was just, you know, with the hills and and the tornado trauma, I mean, it was a tough day out there. Um, So anyhow, uh, I went through the marathon split, crossed the line, uh, and I did end up beating his time by 15 seconds. So that literally doesn't matter at all, but I enjoyed it. So at mile 20, I was able to kick into more of a tempo pace and it was super fun. The first four miles, um, it was actually great. Like I felt like I was running fast. I felt like I was in the race. Uh, and then about mile 24 and four miles into like now really pushing it, you know, the heat, the humidity, the hills, the lack of long runs and the tornado trauma and my weak ass glutes just, uh, kind of started to make it feel less fun. Uh, and at this point now, all of the aid stations just, they knew me by this point, like he's just going to run by or grab his own bottle. So, you know, they wouldn't even look up from their books. Like as I jog, jog past if they were like checking Facebook and whatnot. And that kind of helped me feel like I was just a boy, like alone on a run in this pretty park, um, with 400 other people in a race that I wasn't actually in. Uh, you know, I just had my, I had my music on and I'm just daydreaming, you know, about trying to make the Green Bay Packers practice squad as a wide receiver or whatever, you know, don't judge my, my daydreams. So I'm just kind of cruising along and I'm almost to the marathon finish line here. And this dude runs past me with an ultra marathon bib number. So he's already started his out and back. And I'm like, man, this is uh, a little closer than I'd prefer here. So I take my watch And I just kind of look at the time and where we were right there so that when I turned around at the marathon line and then got back there, I could know how far ahead of me he was. Uh, And I knew he had obviously started behind me. And I thought, okay, this guy must have been one of those guys who started at 645. So technically, I just have to be like 12 minutes faster than him. But I also wasn't sure if that was exactly when he started. So he ended up being seven minutes ahead of me. Uh, And that's really kind of when I... I noticed that I completely hate rolling starts with a fiery burning passion because you have no idea what place you're actually in in a race, which was probably helpful for me because this is more of a workout. Uh, and if I had known somebody was right there, I would have completely abolished the workout and just tried to win. So luckily, luckily it was a rolling start, even though I hate them. Um, and when the dude ran by, like he looked good. He looked strong. Like he had these gooder, pink gooder sunglasses and he looked badass in them. And I was kind of intimidated because I look completely stupid in gooders. And I'm, I, I don't know why. And I'm kind of angry at whatever stupid genetic code sequence gave me a face that somehow looks stupid in gooders. 
Um, I mean, like my 13-year-old neighbor kid is wearing gutters mowing the lawn and he looks freaking awesome. You know, I put a pair on and even my mom is like, um, <clears throat> sweetie, uh, maybe you don't wear sunglasses. Have you tried a visor or a hat? Um, you know, I see these people running across a desert and they have these cute hats with curtains on the sides and back. Maybe you could wear those. And I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever, mom. I know I don't look good in these sunglasses. Fine. Um, so again, uh, when I got to the turnaround point at 28.5, I did the same calculation again, just trying to figure out when he passed me, once I turned around at the turnaround and got back to that point, how far is he head? And he was only about four minutes ahead at that point with, you know, two and a half miles left, two miles left. Uh, and I knew he had to have started at least six, seven minutes behind me. So I'm like, okay, like this is good. So I was still pushing the pace, but I was starting to get sore, um, you know, the heat and the humidity just had me a little tired. Like at that point, you know, three hours and 40 minutes into a race, you're just kind of over it and want to be done a little bit. Uh, so the last mile, it was just so hot and humid and a little bit downhill. So I just kind of felt like I like slid through the humidity, like a snail sliding on a like wet, slimy log, like just kind of across. And, and then I just finished and it was over with. Uh, and this is the third year of the 50k option at this race. Uh, they've been doing the marathon eight year, eight years, and then just added this one on. Um, so I did get the course record and I broke it by about 30 minutes, but you know, it's probably a little less prestigious than, you know, UTMB or the Leadville 100. Maybe some, some might say, I, I feel like it was pretty legit CR. Uh, and I did end up winning by 11 minutes, even though he's the real you really kind of feel like he was the real winner because, you know, he wasn't wearing parachute shorts uh, and he actually looks like a real human in sunglasses. So yeah, I guess we can't win everything, but uh, they give everyone a medal, but at this race, they don't have any winner awards. So thank you, COVID, you dick. Um, and whenever I get home from a race, my three and five-year-old immediately like fight and claim over like any trophy, plaque, medal, you know, whatever I can bring home, they fight over it. And so usually, um, you know, in most of these regional or local races, I can get on the podium. So I have like two distinctly different things to give them and they both get some sort of bling that they then take in their room and uh, throw around their room and chip paint off the walls and, and basically do lots of naughty things. So, um, and I'll also take home like aid station stuff at the start finish line. Cause I don't actually use any of it during the race. So I'm like, okay, I can take some of it home for the kids. You know, they'll like this bag of chips or this bag of gummy worms or, you know, whatever they've got there. Uh, and luckily the RD was nice enough to give me an old 10 K medal. So that way, when I got home, both of the boys could have a medal uh, and I could avoid the worst afternoon of my life listening to whatever child only got a race bib and extra banana. Because if you have a three and five year old, you know that, I mean, you'd really just rather be in a tornado than in that position. Uh, so it wasn't quite the race I expected. I ended up running a 353 for the 50K. You know, I wanted to run at least a 337 and go sub seven pace, but you know what? Sometimes it's hot and it's hilly and your breakfast is weird bread that your in laws left out and tornadoes kept you up all night and your butt looks big. We all have those days. It's okay. I stuck to the plan. I got the workout I needed and my ultra sign-up score went up a little bit and that's a wrap. I don't know about you guys, but uh, Josh had me laughing from the get-go and all the way through. But even through 
him being lighthearted and funny. Uh, there's a lot of neat things to take away from Josh's race report. Um, you know, as a father for me, just that support from your kids and, um, you know, realizing at the end of the day that the selfish, selfish act of running and ultra running sometimes takes away from the family, but making sure that you, uh, bring it back to them and keep them involved and just show them that working hard and having fun is what's important. Um, is something that I really take away from Josh's report. You know, we, we have two little girls here and I don't get asked the question or told the question or told how I'm going to do in the race. Like Josh does because he's a freaking speedster, but, um, the faster half in our house, my wife, our girls, every race, did mommy win? Did mommy win? (laughs) They're never asking, did daddy win? I think, uh, they've already assumed that mommy's got a lot more potential in winning races than daddy does over here. But either way, um, it's, it's fun to be able to share that with them. It's cool to hear Josh being able to share it as well. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Josh is a rocket 731 pace for 50 K, um, 353 sub four hour, you know, won the race. Uh, something I want to do at some point is attempt to run a, you know, paved or a flat 50 K and see, see what I can do. See if I can dip under that four hour near that four hour mark. Um, I don't know if I have it in me, but, uh, we'll see once this back surgery settles out, but definitely a speedster. And I think you kind of have to be, if you're good buddies with Corey Waltering, which I'm going to link into the show notes, but Josh does these epic adventures and he is kind of the mastermind of these adventures. So, um, him and Corey have done some really cool stuff. Like, um, I think something along like five K's and all the mountains in Colorado, like above 14 ers or above 10,000 feet. I don't know. I'll link to a bunch of their stuff. They've got another event coming up that they're doing where they're going to run a half marathon in every state, um, within a certain time period. So true to what you probably got out of Josh's race report is, he is in it to have fun. Um, he's in it for experiences and that's something that I'm taking away from his race report and just our interactions is, you know, you can be fast as shit and run a sub four hour 50 K, but you can also be the person who in all reality just wants to have fun with friends and adventure and do crazy stuff in the mountains or, in our country. Uh, and that sometimes is what running really should be about. Uh, the races are great and, and pushing yourself to see what you can do in a race is fun, but I can guarantee you that epic adventures and, you know, prioritizing family and friends while doing all of this stuff is well, is much more worth, uh, the effort than a lot of the races sometimes. So anyway, that's my take from, from Josh and what he's doing out there. So 
Big thanks to Josh. Uh, love the report. Can't wait for the next one. Um, maybe we'll do a Q&A with him after the half marathon challenge for our Patreon supporters. Uh, that would be pretty cool. So, Josh, thanks again, man. Um, love, love your attitude. Love your lightheartedness. Love your humor. Uh, can't wait to meet you someday. And uh, good luck with your 50-state adventure. So, guys, if you want to support or follow the page, hit us up on Instagram at uh, the Endurance House Pod, Facebook at the Endurance House Podcast, or you can shoot an email at the Endurance House Podcast at gmail.com if you have a report, if you have someone that I should reach out to to see if they'd be interested in doing a report. You can contact us at any of those uh, handles. And if you have one, just shoot it over. Shoot me some pics. Shoot me over your report. Record it on your iPhone, your computer. Send over the file, and I'll add it into the hopper to be added to the list. It's as simple as that. Any reports will do. It could be a 5K. It could be a triathlon. It can be ultras. It could be an FKT. Any of the above. Let's have fun with this and, and shoot some over. And don't hesitate to reach out and tell me to reach out to someone that you think you would love to hear a report from, too. Happy to do it. So those are how you can support us. You can also support us at patreon.com at the Endurance House. Um, that is what is happening with our Patreons over there. Um, and we really, really appreciate the support that they are providing. Um, it's it's a huge help over here and keeps keeps us keeps the lights on i guess you should say <laughs> maybe uh helps my wife realize that this is okay for me to continue doing just joking uh but seriously we really want to thank all of our supporters so michael truman scotty coomer who now wants everyone to stop listening to 10 junk miles uh jack rosenfeld with the Beer on the Run podcast. Definitely check them out. Love their podcast. Great guys, Jack and Clint. Rory Flaherty, who is up in our hopper for the next episode. Um, previous guest with us. He is back with a new episode, so thank you, Rory. Carrie Ke- Eldridge, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Um, Stephen Dents, his name on Patreon, Stephen Fear the Turtle. At some point, we're going to have to figure out what that means. And then... Bobby Doobie. Thank you guys so much for supporting. And until next time, um, I hope you guys enjoyed Josh's report. I certainly did. And uh, we got three or four in the hopper, which I'm really excited about. So keep it up. Thanks for supporting. And we will catch you on episode number 36.